Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest show on earth! And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome you back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be discussing my film pick of the week, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, from 1985 and directed by Jack Shoulder. Why did I choose this? Well, Pride Month ends this month, so let's talk about the gay Freddy movie. What better way to do that than talking about getting gay with Freddy? So we're going to be talking about that a little later on in the show, but of course I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful and the fabulous Gold Geek Keith. I wish I woke up like everybody else. <laughs> you can't even get that high pitch. Nobody can do a scream oh, like that. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt it. Scream queen. I've, no. no. Yeah, he, def- he definitely puts the queen in fucking scream in this film for sure, man. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to, to Talking Terror. But that's okay, because Cool Gulger evens everything out. Like, the damn kid needs a methadone clinic. What are you on, Jesse? What are you taking, damn it? Not anything, Dad, except life. Life, what's getting you down, Jesse? Goddamn pumpkin. What are you Tell on? And where, where are you getting it? It's like a fucking straight-up PSA <laughs> television commercial. You know he got that from, like, a TV commercial from the 80s, you know? Like, you put that no, shit yeah. on, and it was like, if you don't talk to your kids about drugs, somebody will. It's easy. Just sit down and ask them, what are you on? And who are you getting from? I mean, who knows? Cool Gulger might have done a PSA back in the day for drugs. Hi, everybody. Cool Gulger here. You might know me from Return of the Living Dead, and Number Number Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. We're here to talk to you about something serious. We're here to talk to you about the marijuana. The marijuana cigarettes that you might find in your kid's laundry. You need to sit down and have a conversation about it. It's a conversation that you need to have. Because if you don't have it, with them, who will? Me? Kluger? No, I'm an actor. Can't do it. You have to be the one to do it. The more you know. And if I can star flies across the sky. We're also joined by the Sophia Simeon, the Prince of Moors. Yeah, let's get funky with the monkey. Oh, that's right, King. It's Wednesday night, and the clock on the wall says 9 o'clock, so it must be talking terror time, baby. Everyone's always professional go-to podcast for their horror news and movie reviews. Every week, your demonic DJs are coming into our listeners' ears live through the interwebs via blog, talk, Spotify, and iTunes. But running a top-notch production like this don't come cheap. That's right, our little fright fans. Someone's got to pay to keep the lights on in the Talking Terror studio, and since we don't have the bodies for OnlyFans, you can take a bigger part of your favorite horror podcast. Because you, yes, you, baby, can always contact us through the Talking Terror Instagram page to find out how you can become a donating member to the Talking Terror family, baby. Now on with the podcast. What's up, my friend family? <laughs> that was always great. I mean, somebody's got to pay for the hot tub I just bought. I'm not going to pay itself off. Shit. 
<laughs> Why don't we get the hot tub for the studio? We can all relax and get into it afterwards. Tickle each other. I thought you got the hot tub because you, you were employee of the month at McDonald's. That's how I, I thought you were able to afford it. <laughs> no, I mean, I got a $50 Mc- gift card to McDonald's. McDowell's? <laughs> <laughs> Dog fries. That's where the big bucks roll in. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so getting hot tub. That's right. See, it's all the better. You don't mess around. Man. After the show is over, it's hot tub time. Break out the soft But we don't make. But we don't. But we don't make it. We don't make it gay like Nightmare on Elm Street too. No, yeah. no, no eye contact in the hot tub. No. As long as you're at least an arm's length apart, it's not gay. As long as you're at least an arm's length away from the next guy next to you, it's not gay. You can make eye contact. Eye contact is fine, but it's all about that, just keeping that distance, man. Just like darn COVID. If you're not hopped up with some dudes, arm's length away. You don't want those fingertips to touch. Once they do, you got to get out and go home. That's it. That's yeah, the rule. Fuck it. You know what? If you, touch, if you touch your own dick, you might as well touch another dick. Who cares? Cross swords, rub heads together, fucking dock, the whole nine, go for it. You live once. Well, there's a time and a place for that. You can do the, I don't care. You can do the, you could do the Dutch rudder. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I jerk you off, you jerk me off. Zach and Mary taught me that. Are you looking at this? You're looking at this? See? It's great. There's more action with the Dutch rudder. Or the double Dutch rudder. That's okay. That'd be even better. Get that double Dutch rudder. Now I'm getting all excited. Now I've got to go to the club afterwards. Go to Don's place, maybe. See what Coach Schneider's up to. Except their thoughts. Of course. No, you go into the Bel- you go into the Belvedere after the show. That place is too oh, fancy. Wesley. Man, I wish Tally Ho was still open. Because <laughs> we, right we got a we got a we got we got a nightclub that's literally around the corner. Um, from the king, it's called the Belvedere. But the later it gets in the night, it get the name changes to the Belvedere. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The later the hour goes, well, the Telly isn't open anymore, so they have to congregate at the Belvedere now. You know, that, that club closed. It became a, a Puerto Rican restaurant of all things. Is that where? Uh, that one does. Is that oh, where? Deep, is that where Deep Roy and his racing snail hang out at the old Telly Ho? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was that was the gay club. That was the place to go. Tally ho, ahoy, sailors! We're going to tally ho tonight. Yeah, no, it is no more. Unfortunately, damn you, COVID. COVID has to ruin everything. So it's now something very different. But of course, as you heard before, we are joined by the very astute, the very educated, the very opinionated demonic dean himself. Everybody. Woo-hoo! Yes. Uh, good evening, everyone. <laughs> Uh, I can see that oh, – I, I didn't realize I was telling jokes yet, but I can tell that uh, everybody is in a in a romantic mood thus far this evening. So I'll be curious to see how the discussion for this evening unfolds as we talk about this classic cinematic masterpiece of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. It's a movie for everyone. It's got a little something for everybody in it, so – I'm talking about it. Got to celebrate it. Part two, you know, the bastard child of the series. It's still not as bad as five. I mean, come on. That's what I tell everybody. You have a problem with part two, watch part five. Watch the stream channel and tell me if you still have a problem with part two. So I guarantee you won't. <laughs> There's always a bad one. It's usually part five. 
at some point in horror series, part five has to be the one that you just don't like. Doesn't always work out. <laughs> uh, listen, you know what, man? I mean, I, I don't I know about that. Well, maybe in some cases, but like, I, I really, I love Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, and I also like Halloween Five. So, like, you know, I, I don't know that I ever saw like Saw Five, but like, you know, as far as the horror franchises the climbing up in the numbers, like, I'm, I have no problem. Halloween Five, Halloween Five, and Friday the Thirteenth Five. No problems. I mean, really? it's not a great movie, but that yeah. doesn't mean I don't fucking love it. Yeah, I've said this many times yeah. on the show. I love Part Four and Five. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Part Five is pretty weak. I mean, Dream Child, pretty fucking bad. Right after you get off a of Dream Master, you go to Dream Child. No, hard, hard fast. That's what I'm saying. Like the Nightmare on Elm Street, I agree. Like not, not a huge fan, but, but, but Halloween and Friday yeah. the Thirteenth, I don't, I have no qualms. Yeah, and I mean, I've got, I've got my feelings on Part Five simply because fucking. It's the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie I saw in theaters. And, you know, again, yeah, same, same, oh. same, same summer as fucking uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. So it was like double doozy. Like, I ended up fucking, you know, getting the camp to let us in for, for Jason Takes Manhattan. But as far as Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5 goes, nah, me and this other kid, we stuck out of whatever fucking movie we were supposed to be seeing uh, at the Amboy Movie Theater, actually, right there in Sayreville, which isn't there anymore, or yeah, South yeah. Amboy. Nope. Um, That's gone. Yeah, we stuck out of the movie that we were supposed to be in, went into Lockup, which was actually out in theaters at the time, and uh, ended up like really like enjoying Lockup so movie. much. We ended up enjoying it so much. I we ended fucking up love that movie. Missing, missing the time that we were supposed to leave to go see Nightmare 5. So he got all panicky and went back to, to whatever other movie it was. I just fucking waited and just ended up sneaking into the next showing of Nightmare 5, only to, like, walk out and find out that they, like, fucking, they were hunting me down. They couldn't fucking find me. They called my mom. I was in so much fucking trouble. But to, to know that I got in all that trouble just to see a Nightmare on Ocean fucking 5, okay, sitting there in that theater watching that fucking horrid movie, horrible movie, <laughs> And, 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 yeah. and getting in trouble for it really fucking blew, man. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> not that one. If it had been part four, I'd say it's worth it, but not part five. So, yeah, sucks. You have to get in trouble over the bad one. Yeah. But like I told you guys, the first movie I ever snuck into was Halloween 6, and I think that's why I love it so much. That was kind of like my first big screen exposure to Michael Myers. So, you know, that's why I always defend it. It's just nostalgia. But, um, you know, part five, I never was a big fan of part five. Part five's weird. It's the mask isn't good, you know. They kill off, you know, Rachel pretty quick. I don't know. You know, it's not one of the highlights for me. But uh, anyway, before we get into horror news, do you guys have anything you want to talk about before I give it to the dean? I mean, no, was kind of useless. She's like the worst. <laughs> yeah, ever. well, <clears throat> well, not really. She saved the shit out of fucking, you know, Jamie in that movie. She was constantly putting herself nope. at risk in part four. In part four, to a degree, yes, I, yeah, I, I can agree with that, but I don't know. But it's that part five rolled around. But even then, even in part four, she never really liked Jamie until, like, the end of the movie. Like, once she realized that, like, oh, shit, you know, like, I actually have to, like, yeah. attach to this kid. Now, now I got to help her, you know. But prior to that, it was like, you know, whatever. And, like, you know, I don't know. She kind of, like, ditched her in, in part five, and she's ready to go. And then she dies, you know, trying to fucking hear the dog bark or whatever. Uh, I, I'll, always <laughs> a little bit let, I'll always be a little bit let down by Halloween 5 just because, you know, there was so much buildup 
so much shit with the fucking man in the black boots at six, just like mm-hmm. hitting you in the balls with that. And it's like, you know, part four was so great. And part five is like slightly less great than part four. But then part six, which is supposed to like tie it all up, was like, nah. It ruined like everything. It did it all over again. It did. It was like Halloween Kills. It's like Halloween Ends. You know what I mean? Like Halloween Ends becoming the fucking Corey story kind of fucking killed all like my goodwill towards everything else. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> Part 5 has that fucking well, great line, though. When, uh, yeah, Jimmy's panicking in the hospital room and the fucking nurse comes in. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Dean. I was just saying, like, I had, I had gotten bounced off. I just want to, mm-hmm. uh, I was starting to say this when the ghoul was talking about having uh, snuck into the theater and seeing lockup. And just the one statement that I want to make on that is that I fucking love that movie. And it's possible that uh, I believe that that is the best Sylvester Stallone film outside of the Rocky and Rambo franchises. I fucking love that movie. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I, I would be hard pressed. Hard-pressed to disagree with you on it, uh, but, you know, it's something I'd have to revisit. I haven't seen it in a while, and I would have to revisit some of Stallone's other work, too, just to see, but I'm pretty sure I agree with you there. I've seen it, so I will just, I know we're, I don't want to get us into a whole Stallone thing. I know I do this often, but I will just say very quickly that while I haven't seen it recently, I have seen it like a thousand times. And I say my statement, I say my statement about my feelings about that with, with full 100% like well-viewed confidence, like completely. And King, I heard you say that you haven't seen it, but it's like one of those lesser known ones, but it is a really fucking awesome, like badass, like violent jailhouse film uh, with a really solid fucking cast, solid fucking cast all around. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check it out. I've never heard of it, so yeah, interesting. Another movie choice to put in my library. Yeah, so Donald Sutherland, uh, pre meth oh, head okay. Tom Sizemore, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the big African American actor who was in Batteries Not Included, and he was in uh, he was in Rocky II. Uh, he, he, when Rocky's trying to get a job at the meat plant, he was like the meat plant foreman. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he's in a bunch of stuff. That guy was in it. There's like really, really, really great cast. And uh, Sonny, right. uh, Sonny, is it Sonny, uh, Sonny Landham? Is that how Sonny his Lanham. name is yep. pronounced? Sonny Landham was in it. Uh, the, oh. He was in, uh, he was one of the badasses in Predator, I believe. Um, he's fucking Billy he was in, in Predator, it. bro. He's, the, he's yeah. the guy whose fight I've always wanted to see in Predator. You know, he gets <laughs> on that fucking log, he cuts his fucking chest open, and it's like, damn, we're going to watch some badass shit go down. Nah, scene cuts, and they fucking hear him scream. Yeah. Yeah, it's really. It's I, I. I say this. I don't say this as a Stallone as a Stallone uh, tire pumper. Like, like I like I truly love that movie. So if you haven't seen it, I I, I give it a full recommendation to check out. Nice, yeah, something to check that out. Yeah, honestly, I will. You know, you gotta take your guys' recommendations and, and go with them. Unless it's an animated movie, then I don't. Uh, but the close it out Halloween Five. I just love that fucking line. Jamie freaks out. Nurse runs in and. The nurse is, like, shaking Jamie. She's like, are you okay? She's like, should I call your mom? And I'm like, which one? The dead one or the one that you stabbed the shit out of in the last movie? Like, neither <laughs> mom is going to be on the phone. <laughs> I to talk to you. Pretty sure the stepmom's like, yeah. hell no. She just fucking stabbed me in the chest. Oh. Good sorry, sorry. You know, so, that's something, too, though, that gets, like, completely dropped in part five. You know, like, 
How about fucking mention of that? Yeah. Like, I, like, I know they give you, like, a quick, like, reference to it. Like, oh, mom and dad are on fucking vacation or whatever it is. But, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. the, way, the way part four fucking ended, you know, it was like, come on. Jamie Lloyd is supposed to be, like, the fucking, the, the next the next big fucking killer. killer, you know? Like, yeah. You're not going to have some uh-huh. fucking nine-year-old girl running around fucking slashing and killing people. But, man, they really, like, completely just were like, yeah, whoops. Well, they did the same thing on Friday 13 Part 4 with Tommy Jarvis after he kills Jason. They're like, uh-oh, Tommy's going to be the killer in the next one. No, it was Roy. So it's like they kind of tried to break even. Like, well, Jason's not going to be in this one, so there's that, but it's going to be the fucking ENT. It's not going to be Tommy. It's like, oh, okay, cool. So we accept that. I mean, I, I, you know, Part five's not bad. I do have appreciation for Part five, But, yeah, it's one of those things where you think you're going to get the cool killer and you just get fucking an ENT that never fucking kills the guy that killed his son. Never kills Victor McFadden. Nope. <laughs> like, Wouldn't that be the first one? No, he's in jail, so you can't get to him. Like, nah. Dude, that needed if to there's be a like world, a, a line. That could have even been done with like a line in the background of like, oh, can you believe that somebody murdered Vic, you know, in, in the hospital or whatever, <laughs> or in the jail? So, like something, you know, mm-hmm. like some kind of fucking like in the background, like, oh, you know, like, whoops. But now, you're right. You're right. It, it is. It's, cra- it's crazy that Vic fucking kills his son. The guy goes on a murderous rampage and actually never fucking. That, you never hear about Vic again in that fucking movie. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, you could even have him escape police custody at some point. And he's running through the woods and he comes across Roy in the Jason costume and fucking gets killed. Could have been filmed. Could have been easy to do. But no, they don't. They send him off in the cop car. See you later, Vic. Everybody else is going to die for your fucking crime. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's, it's hilarious. You just but, died for all right, moving kids, on. Vic. <laughs> so, uh, no, John the, Amos. John yeah, Amos. Is, John Amos is also also in lockup. John Amos, oh. I forgot. From Good Times. Florida's yep. husband, John Amos. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, John Amos. I, like John Amos, I, like the and, Master, and Beastmaster, like Die Hard Two, <laughs> like Coming to America. Die Hard Two. Yeah, yep. Yeah, Coming to America, Mr. McDowell. Oh, wow. All right. Now that's awesome. I just remember some good times. Then he fucking dies and just has to live with it. My husband's dead. Temporarily on good times. No, it's not. Fucking husband died. (laughs) Serious shit. (laughs) All right. Moving on from that, Dean, it is horror news time. What are we talking about tonight? Oh, is it that time already? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I'm going to kick this off with some news uh, that is uh, strictly, I don't want to say strictly, but it's, it's tailored uh, towards the king of horror's preferences. Uh, but uh, the... Dawn of the Dead remake. <laughs> film, The Psychic. The Psychic. Yes, uh, yeah. From Severin Films is going to receive the full... Uh, 4K slash UHD restoration and release in a four-disc set uh, that will be coming out later this year. Um, This is going to be available for pre-order this Friday on June 30th. Uh, But knowing that the king, like I've said every time, if I 
if I ever just share the news that there's going to be some kind of 4K release, like I try to tie it into something relevant or our tastes, because otherwise I'll just be sitting here going, oh, this is going to have a release and this is going to have a release. So I do want to share that this is uh, because it is specific to the King's uh, enjoyment and preferences in, in watching film. Uh, but he loves these uh, Italian giallos in 1977, The Psychic. Uh, my reading tells me that some people consider this Fulci's masterpiece. Um, I have not seen this film myself, but uh, 1977, and uh, it's going to get the full-on treatment with a big old box set for discs, and you can pre-order that this Friday, June 30th. Yeah, I saw that. I got excited because the, uh, the Psychic is one of those rare ones that you can't find on DVD anymore. It's out of print, so... I would actually buy that 4K just to have it. That is a, one of his best Jawa movies. I wouldn't say it's his masterpiece. I think The Beyond is his masterpiece. But as far as his Jawa movies, I think it's the strongest one right behind New York River. So, yeah, check that out. Four discs. So that's going to be expensive. Quack, quack. It's be pricey. Fucking love New York River, man. I could watch it any time. <laughs> Put that movie on. I will sit there the entire fucking thing. I fucking adore New York River so much. But all right, so very cool. I'll have to check that out. So what else is we talking about, Pete? And, and then just another note on on these kinds of releases that I want to mention real quick because I was going to share this piece mm-hmm. of information anyway. Uh, but then I saw the information today about the release. So I remember quite some time ago. It could be a year ago. It could be longer. Um, where, and I'm sure we talked about it in this segment of our program, that there was going to be a documentary uh, celebrating uh, the longtime fandom uh, of the film that we all love, The Monster Squad, and that documentary film Woo-hoo! called Wolfman's, Wolfman's Got Nards. Um, I had heard about this quite oh. some time ago, and then, like, never seen it anywhere, never saw it, like, kind of forgot about it. I learned that it is currently available to watch on Tubi. So Mm -hmm. the Monster Squad fan documentary, Wolfman's Got Nards, is currently on Tubi. But on top of that, uh, you know, which I was going to share, the news that I saw earlier is that uh, from from Kino Larber, uh, there is going to be the 4K UHD treatment uh, for Monster Squad that will get released later this year. There's no release date yet, uh, but they they have the ability to do this transformation using the original 35-millimeter negatives in order to uh, create this UHD 4K release. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check that out, the, uh, the documentary on Tubi. So I know that the long-awaited Fredheads documentary, all about Freddy Krueger, just uh, premiered on Tubi. So I watched that the other day. Fantastic doc, if you like Nightmare on Elm Street. And we are talking about Nightmare on Elm tonight. But, yeah, if you love Freddy Krueger... Definitely check out Front Heads. It's like the ultimate fan like documentary all about Freddy Krueger. Why people love him so much. Definitely worth checking out. And I'll have to watch the Monster Squad one too now. So I'll have to add that to my, my library to watch. Well, and Scott Zard is already added to my library. And you're saying that this Freddy Krueger documentary is also on Tubi right yeah, now? Yeah, it's called Fred Yep, called Fred Heads. Fred Heads. It's, uh, premiered on the 26th. All right. I am opening the Tubi app right this moment to add it to my list. Uh, which means that it will be on my list and I will see it on my list. And like everything else on my list, I'll probably never watch it. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's officially. That's awesome. So yeah, definitely when you get around to it, check it out. So, you know, I, I try not to be that way. I try to watch stuff uh, as soon as I hear about it. Like the, the ghoul uh, talking about black mirror, 
And he's like, oh, you got to check out this episode, Demon 79. So I was like, all right. So I will, and I did, same day. Well, <laughs> push myself to do that's it. And it just, was great. That's do that. It's working. It's wonderful. <laughs> I, I try. You know, I, I get the recommendations, and I throw it in there, put it in there, and especially when it comes from the ghoul, because I know he knows my interests. He knows what I like, so. I, yes, <laughs> of course. And, and the ghoul knows my interests as well, and we all share recommendations all the time, but – you know, I just never, I spend, truly, I spend, with, with a list that can reach the moon of things that I would like to watch, I actually spend like the more time, or are you like the literal moon, uh, I actually spend more time, like, scrolling on Netflix and scrolling on Prime and scrolling wherever, trying to decide what to watch than actually picking something to watch. Even when there's a million things that I know, oh, I should probably watch that. Like, I'm amazed that I have made it through the whole first season of From, and I'm excited to start the second mm-hmm. season. I yeah, started yeah. the first episode yeah, of From. There you go. All right, so get on the From bandwagon. Um, yeah, no, I, I have a bunch of those in my lists on Tubi and all these other sites, and I just I, I pick and choose. I have no life, so really when it comes down to it is the weekends. I just fucking watch like six movies. And I'm like, that was good. Right. On to the next one. Oh, look at that. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have all these long lists on Letterboxd and on Tubi and on, uh, I don't have Netflix, but a lot of the other sites I have like Shudder and I have so many movies, but they're old movies. They're not like new ones. You know, like I've gotten right. into a lot of the foreign espionage movies on Shudder, like Identikit and shit like that. <laughs> Nobody knows about this fucking movie, but I want to watch it. So yeah, that's what I do. I don't go to things. I just watch movies at home. <laughs> all right. My life in a nutshell. But, all right, moving on. What else are we talking about? Uh, the When I sent the message to our group the other day about uh, human remains being found, it has been confirmed that the body of Julian Sands has been found uh, and unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, dead. Uh, you know, just some sad news, but that's officially been confirmed through whatever DNA testing that they do. But uh, the body was located in the area where he was presumed to have gone missing, and it's been confirmed that uh, he has um, moved on to the Great Beast. So I just wanted to throw that note in there also. Yeah, he's a, definitely a, a noted actor. You know, he's been in a ton of things. I mean, Warlock, Arachnophobia, um, Boxing Helena, which is another good one I like. But, you know, they, they found his remains, and they also found out what happened to the Titan sub. Went to go check out the Titanic, so they yeah. also did not make it. So yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. We can do a whole fucking episode on that. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's a whole. That's a dedicated episode. Not <laughs> that, but you know, they. You know, we talked about it last week, but yeah, it's it's story's over. But anyway, Dean, moving on. What else are we talking about? I'll tell you. Way back in, excuse me. Uh, way back in 2017, uh, Blumhouse became involved uh, acquiring the rights to reboot the Spawn franchise. And in 2018, even, uh, Jamie Foxx uh, was signed uh, to play Spawn. Uh, nothing has happened really since then, uh, but Jason Blum has said. Uh, that he hopes to have the rebooted Spawn film out, not in 2023, not in 2024, but in 2025. Uh, he said this oh, project is really? uh, But <laughs> at this time, also, 
it is not known if Jamie Foxx is still involved and then coupled that with this kind of mysterious uh, health situation uh, that Jamie Foxx is having right now, uh, it truly is not known if he is still attached to this project in any way. But, um, you know, Jason Blum still says that there will be a new Spawn film uh, at some point in 2025. I don't know, man. If, if, if McFarland takes as much time as he does to direct as he does to draw, it might not come out till 2030, man. He's, he's just like George R. R. Martin, man. Takes his time. Makes you wait for it. <laughs> I mean, he's been waving that fucking spawn flag for like two years. I swear to God, guys, it's coming. It's going to be fucking amazing. Got a good cast. I'm directing. I'm, it's going to be fucking on. It's like, all right, cool. I mean, I feel like he's just sitting in his house going, man, this fucking spawn movie is going to be fucking tits. I was like, well, you don't even have a fucking script. It doesn't matter. We don't need one. We're just going to fucking go with it, man. Spawn. <laughs> fucking go with just it, like go, his, man. Hey, just like his books, man. There's going to be no stories. It's going to be a lot of visuals. A lot no, of visuals. He's a visual man. He knows what he likes visually. Does not know how to tell a good story. <laughs> He's not worried about the story. Not worried about the details. Got to get the visuals down. That comes first. Story second. <laughs> Tommy Carlin's, you know, plot for life. Yeah. You know, but yeah, he he, yeah, he already Fox has like, plans for the action figure line. He's got that down, you know. And then nope. yes. with the yep. money he's going to make, he's he's already picked out the next hockey memorabilia he's going to buy, but he still hasn't come up with a script for the movie. <laughs> no, well, no, because it takes a lot of time to pick out the right hockey, you know, jersey. He takes his time doing that because he's got to get the right one. He's got to be the right size. He's got to be the right color. You know, he's already got that money spent. He's like, look, guys, I already created the action, uh, action figures. I mean, we're halfway there. We got a movie. Like, let's just put the action figures in the movie, and we're done. Like, let's find a way to do that. <laughs> and I'm going to be over here on the NHL.com website. It's going to be a big-ass episode of Robot Chicken with his spawn figures. <laughs> <laughs> $10 million. So I never followed the, the Spawn comic franchise to its end. So I don't know where the series ends or how the character, you know, how his tale is, is finished in the comic. Um, that being said, you know, I would really, I think it would be smart that if it's possible, maybe just continue the series from wherever the comic book ended if the character... I mean, and you can't even say if the character's not dead because you can always bring him fucking back. You know, being... being and that's right built into the storyline. I'm just saying we don't need another retelling of Spawn's origin. You know, we, we've got the HBO no. comic. We've got that fucking horrible, horrible movie. Like all the Spider-Man the origin next, stories? Again, and like, you know, obviously you need clown, you need stuff like that, but it's, it's a weird one. I don't know what my interest would even possibly be at this point with an actual Spawn series. Like, I don't know if I give a fuck enough. And and I'm a comic book fan, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind the movie. I saw it in theaters. I thought it was good. Just John Leguizamo was weird as clown. He was the best <laughs> part of that movie, man. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Michael Jai White was pretty fucking good. I, I thought Michael Jai White was fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, no, I happen to like him. And even Martin Sheen did his job. He showed up for the paycheck. Yeah, that's all he did. 
Okay. And somehow he's still got an action figure. He actually made an action Martin figure of that motherfucker. Martin Sheen. Let's <laughs> John F. Kennedy. Same difference. <laughs> Wade Kennedy once. <laughs> don't need to do it just once. <laughs> but all right, they move on. What else we talk about? Mouth. <laughs> uh, really quickly, we don't need to spend time mulling this over because it's not a big deal, but I'm only sharing this news because last time I talked about how uh, Linda Hamilton oh. had officially signed on to take part in Stranger Things 5. Uh, but today it was announced that for Stranger Things 5, uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who is the director of Predator Prey and 10 Cloverfield Lane, will be directing an episode of Stranger Things Season 5, not uh, the Duffer Brothers for that particular episode. It has not yet been said what episode he will be directing, but that will be taking place. Excellent. That's good. All right. Looking forward to seeing that episode eventually when it comes out in 2028, if we're on track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. By the time okay. it comes out, season five is going to be set in 1993. Uh, now, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, film adaptation, and I'm here to announce mm-hmm. that it's going to be a day, one of those, I think they call it day and date release. October 27th, we'll see Five Nights at Freddy's hitting the theaters as well as Peacock on the same exact day. So October 27th, um, if you've been looking forward to this film, uh, that is how long you have to wait to see it. I am, but I'm also glad that it's day-to-date because that means I can stay home for that one. I can just watch it from home because that's a great option. I don't know if I'd want to spend money. Exactly. Mundo. <laughs> Not like I watch no, it. I like it. Exactly. Mundo. <laughs> All right, moving on. What's next? Uh, Previously, R.L. Stein, who we know is famous for Goosebumps, of course, uh, had entered the world of comics, and his uh, Stuff of Nightmares comic uh, previously uh, was called The Monster Makers, and it was a four-comic book series. Uh, It's been announced that R.L. Stein is going to be returning to the comic book world with another edition of the Stuff of Nightmares, except this one is going to be called Red Murder. And unlike The Monster Makers, which is a four-book series, Red Murder is going to be a single self-contained standalone comic. Uh, It will be released on September 27th. So if you are a fan of R.L. Stein and have been up to date on his comic works, uh, then September 27th, you will find that the Stuff of Nightmares slash Red Murder comic book will be released. Yeah, I mean, talk about a guy that could fucking print money like Stephen King. Like, nobody talks about R.L. Stein that much, but I'm like, that guy can fucking print money with his fucking books. He's always coming out with something new with Goosebumps or Fear Street. He's always cranking out these offshoots of his series, like the Slappy series. Like, I was like mm-hmm. People talk about Stephen King, but fucking talk about R.L. Stein, too. That guy, you know, yeah, for real. Giving it money. You know, <laughs> I I truly, truly, truly wish that like the Goosebumps series was a thing when I was in like sixth grade or fifth grade. Now we had, of course, oh, yeah. uh, you know, scary stories to tell in the dark with its three books. But like, man, if the Goosebumps thing was a was around when I was in elementary school, that would have been that would have been my that would have been my stuff. Like no questions oh, asked. Yeah. And yeah. mm-hmm. I have to say, 
even even for kids that have not read the Goosebumps books, because really, like the Goosebumps books already, like are, are quite old already, and they're not so contemporary. Uh, right. You know, when they're like around the Halloween time, when my when my kids at work start like pushing to like watch something around the Halloween season, or when there's time to like watch a movie that's not tied to something that we've read. and they fucking love it you know and that then yeah. i'm like hey check out this book over here if you like this movie and uh you know have like led kids down that road when 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 the situation has presented itself uh but they do love the movie and yeah it's it's great that here we are in 2023 uh rl stein is still is still pushing the product for sure and they had the TV series back in the day on Fox, like back in the early mm-hmm. 90s. They had the Goosebumps totally TV series, which ran the through. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the Haunted Mask. The Haunted yeah. Mask episode was yeah, like they... the big episode of that one with the <clears throat> one girl that puts that fucking mask on and then runs around on Halloween and everyone's mm-hmm. freaking out. Totally, totally remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, t- I, I totally like thought that was a Nickelodeon movie. series. E.E. <laughs> Fox. Yeah, oh, Fox okay. My bad. You know, but I mean, I, I had a lot of the Goosebumps books as I was a kid, because I'm obviously younger than you guys, but also I was a fan of Fear Street. Like, that was my fucking shit. I picked up every one of those books. So they were, like, about murderers. They were about ghosts. Like, they just went far with that shit. Um, there was one book called Lights Out, which is basically a fucking Jason Voorhees ripoff, where it took place at a summer camp, and a girl got her face sanded off on a clay machine. I'm like, this isn't a book? <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. <laughs> like, you know, it was like, loved it, you know. So eventually Netflix made the Fear Street movies, and supposedly we're going to get more, but it was cool to see Fair Street kind of get a nod and, and have people get into those because those are more for teenagers, but very fucking dated books. Like, if you read one of the Fair Street books now, it's like, I'm at the mall with my friend Sissy, and we're drinking Pepsis and eating pizza at the pizzeria in the mall. We might go to Benetton later. I'm like, wow, that's fucking dated. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, what's a Not Benetton? <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you about Why that using that kind boyfriend? of language in the house? <laughs> I had to go to the payphone to call my boyfriend Billy to pick me up from work. <laughs> what? Where's your cell phone? <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> All right, dude, moving on. What else are we talking about? Uh, this will probably make uh, the ghoul and the monkey happy because I know that the two of them, I don't know the monkey, uh, the the king's. Uh, true feelings about this whole universe, but I know that our monkey and ghoul are big fans of the universe of Godzilla. Yeah. There is there is a a free uh, streaming service uh, that I know the king uses, but I don't know about everybody else. It's called Pluto TV. Um, yes, I do. You know, yeah. I have the app. I have the app on my phone and, and TV because there's certain channels that they have that I enjoy. But they have announced that in just a few days' time, July 1st, there is going to be the introduction of a 24-hour round-the-clock Godzilla channel on the Pluto on the on on the Pluto Godzilla channel. Uh, they are going to be the comprehensive place for your Godzilla needs. They are going to have all the Godzilla films from the, trying to pronounce this correctly, the Showa era, 
also yeah, that was the first the Godzilla one. films <laughs> from the, the Haisai era, and also all of the films from the oh, Millennium sorry. era. They are also uh, going that, to have. They are also yeah. on, They are also <laughs> going to have uh, the original animated Godzilla series, and they are also going to have all of the American Godzilla films as well. Uh, so, uh, the from my experience with this, with the few Pluto channels uh, that I watch for me. Uh, Pluto has a 24-hour-a-day original Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries channel that I check oh, out sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, they <laughs> also have the yeah. – they also have – well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get through this quickly as I look at the clock. So they also have had a, an, an all 24-hour-a-day original uh, Japanese Iron Chef channel um, and some other 24-hour-a-day uh, like uh, America's Text Kitchen – America's Test Kitchen slash Cook's Country uh, Kitchen channel. But – as a subscriber in the last few weeks, as a subscriber to Sling TV, uh, Sling has added a 24-hour-a-day Unsolved Mysteries channel, a 24-hour-a-day Iron Chef channel, and a 24-hour-a-day America's Test Kitchen slash Cook's Country uh, channel. So I, I, I haven't gone over to Pluto as of late because I find their interface to be somewhat confusing sometimes. Uh, but okay. I do know that... The channels, aside from their 24 hours a day streaming, uh, often, if you go to the channel page, offer some like on-demand options as well. So yeah. if you are into Godzilla yeah, really and you don't have all the properties, it sounds like this Godzilla channel is going to have anything your heart could possibly desire uh, when related to Godzilla, except uh, the note that I saw, except anything that had both Godzilla and King Kong together in the same film. And it's, and it sounds like you're skipping skip it over that horrible American cartoon that came out after the Matthew Broderick <laughs> Godzilla movie. No, it's going to have that. I said all the American Godzilla films. Yeah. I said that. It's, it's the American yeah, Godzilla yeah, no, no, films will be there, yes. There was a cartoon series, though, so we're hoping that that's not on there. Oh. Okay. It's definitely going to be an animated <laughs> series. I don't know if it's that one. I didn't know there was another one. Oh, it's, it it's probably the original Hanna, Hanna. It's probably the original Hanna Barbera one from the late seventies, early eighties. <laughs> Maybe. Where's the twenty-four hour Godzilla nineteen ninety-eight channel? Or it's just twenty-four hours of Godzilla ninety-eight. <laughs> 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 nothing but Godzilla ninety-eight. Twenty-four hours a day. Can't wait to listen to Puff Daddy uh, ruin a fucking Led Zeppelin class. Yeah, I was I was about to say, man, you know what my Godzilla needs? More Puff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me. Jimmy Page, what are you doing here? They paid me a lot of money. Oh, that's right. That makes sense. That's right. <laughs> they just do that riff. I'll take care of the rest, old man. All right, Puff Daddy. Just make sure that money hits my account. <laughs> All right, so what else are we talking about, Dean? What else are we talking about? I will tell you. Uh, I, as the resident viewer of The Walking Dead on the program, uh, is here to say not only uh, was the first episode of Dead City the biggest cable drama debut of the year thus far, uh, hmm. but the other, the the second of the three main show spinoffs, which is simply titled The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, 
which is coming sometime this fall with no official release date. I would venture sometime in the mid to late October uh, slot of which the Walking Dead seasons would debut. Uh, while it's long been said that, uh, you know, this show is about Daryl Dixon, who somehow uh, is ends up in France, uh, and that Melissa McBride's character, Carol, was not going to be taking part, even though it was originally said there was going to be a Daryl slash Carol spinoff. Uh, it's been reported with one photograph that both Daryl Dixon and Carol, both Norman Reedus, of course, and Melissa McBride, uh, were photographed on set together for this spinoff with uh, Melissa McBride in costume, in Carol costume. Uh, so apparently, even though uh, everything said that Melissa McBride's character was not going to be able to travel uh, due to personal reasons, uh, it seems that she's still going to have some part in this upcoming season. That does not necessarily mean she will be in France, uh, but it could be flashbacks, it could be an early episode, it's unknown at this point, uh, but a, a photograph was shared. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan, of course, uh, commented on the photo saying, oh, well, would you look at that? Surprise, surprise. Uh, so uh, Carol's, uh, or uh, Melissa McBride's character, Carol, will have, apparently will have uh, some type of play in the upcoming Daryl Dixon uh, Walking Dead spin-off series. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I see. I think we have a caller, actually, which is weird. Oh, yes. Right? Bring it on. Get this. So, <laughs> I'm bring it on. That's a 732. So this is New Jersey. Yep. So 732 Jersey, you're on the air with Talking Terror. Hello. Welcome to Talking Terror. It's just me, you jackasses. I tried calling in on the other line just to see if I was getting the choppiness here or if it was my phone. <laughs> oh, okay, well, there you go. Because we're no longer connected. That's good. Yep. Well, th- well thanks we're for calling in the Talking Terror, you know, 732. We were going to call roughly one, seven, two and a half years. I got so excited for a second. Well, uh, so so sorry to melt your fucking excitement, man. But uh, but yeah, now you know what? Yeah, something, something must be going on on the other phone because now I am not getting uh, all the static and choppiness and and breaking up of uh, uh, of sound because it was getting fucking unbearable over there. Well, we're off oh, air, okay. so let's just fucking wing it now. <laughs> we are currently off air, so. That's what do you awesome. mean? How are we off? How are we off air? I got the there is a problem notification that uh, you're oh, not connected. So, so then, so then there has been an issue on Blog Talk. That's that's got to be. Well, now there is. You're not a host anymore. You're just calling into the show. <laughs> ah, this is great. So, <laughs> the host is disconnected. So that's great. So hey, let's just run with it and see how long we can go until it kicks us off. Uh, let me see if I can Whoa. fix it. I'll be back. All right. I know you were excited, Dean. <laughs> let's talk about what back. else you got. Hmm. So let's just keep it rolling. Hmm. That's what we're talking about. So we know that the the final Indiana Jones saga is about to be mm-hmm. released upon the world on Yay. Uh, <laughs> on t- uh, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I think officially it's Friday, but there's going to be uh, screenings tomorrow. I think the official release date is the 30th, 
but I know my theater in town is going to have it tomorrow. I'm considering going to a late show uh, to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, mm-hmm. This film, I'm not here to talk about that, but I'm here to talk about the director of this film, James Mangold, um, who uh, you know, took over for Steven Spielberg early on in the filming. Uh, but he is going to be directing uh, for James Gunn and uh, Peter uh, Safran, I believe it is. I can't read my writing as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, who Peter are Safran. the caretakers? He, who are the caretakers of the DC universe? Uh, he is James Mangold is going to be directing a Swamp Thing film uh, for uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran, and says. And I'm reporting this because I fucking love the original Swamp Thing. Uh, I never had an opportunity yeah. Oh, yeah. to see that short-lived, that short-lived series when I was just a child and had <clears throat> access to cable television. And the original Swamp Thing was in that regular rotation when I was like eight or nine, uh, mm-hmm. seeing that movie a hundred fucking times. And Adrian Barbeau yeah. hits and uh, uh-huh. the... Yeah. Uh, the sequence at the end when uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but when he metamorphosizes into that fucking animal beast that the Swamp Thing fights uh, in the in the in the conclusion, scared the living fucking shit out of me, and is one of those sequences in film that made me go, God fucking damn, do I love this fucking scary shit? Um, <laughs> James Mangold said <laughs> that, that awesome. he's used. I, I truly, truly, truly the truth. When all of that fucking special effects and metamorphosis and the Swamp Thing's fucking hacked off arm starts to grow back and that little creature thing starts jumping around on the banquet table before the big metamorphosis scares the living fucking shit out of me to no end, but in the best way possible. Uh, James Mangold says that he is not... Well, one, James Mangold says that he has always wanted to make a Frankenstein-type film, and that when he learned uh, that James Gunn and Peter Safran became the, the caretakers and leaders of the DC Universe, Mangold says that he himself called up uh, James Gunn and said, I, if there's an opportunity, want to do a Swamp Thing movie. Uh, so... James, Mold, James Mangold is directing a Swamp Thing movie for, for DC. Uh, he says that he is crafting his film to not be part of a DC universe or a franchise or a super mo- superhero movie, that he is creating a standalone horror movie. Uh, he says nice. that, uh, you know, that Elseworld, is how he's baby. approaching this. Uh, and... While there is no official release date for James Mangold's Swamp Thing, uh, James Gunn has confirmed that the Swamp Thing movie will be part of what is being called Gods and Monsters, which is the first wave of all of these new films for the DC universe. So uh, this is one for sure. Okay, but that doesn't make any sense. So Why? Mangold saying because Mangold saying his is going to be part of Gods and Monsters. Well, the, I think they said that that it's going to fall in like the release time frame of all of that stuff. Okay, but it's not going to be a part of it. 
I would have to go back and look at the story, but I'm uncertain. I don't want to say either way because I'm unsure at this time. I will okay, do some follow-up If it is a part of it, then that, that puts it into the overarching storyline that they're building within the new DC universe because their quote-unquote phase one is gods and monsters. Yes, and, and I that's think what the they're going to be doing. Release, the first release as well. is going to be the first. The first I did see that the first release in this Gods and Monsters first wave is the Superman film. Blue Beetle. Super. Oh, okay, so I guess that means Blue Beetle isn't a part of it, which is interesting because that's no Blue Beetle is just the DC. Movie. No, well, I'm just saying that the that the first release is going to be Superman. I don't Blue Blue Beetle could be the second one. I have no idea, but. Uh, apparently, this first wave is going to consist of many different films. Well, no, I'm saying Blue Beetle's coming out in like a couple weeks. So I guess if Superman's <laughs> going to be the first movie in it, then Blue Beetle is not it. No, Blue Beetle's just the DCU reboot movie. And it has nothing to do with Gods and Monsters. It's just God's way but of God's and reestablishing. But Gods and Monsters is DCU. That's That's what I'm saying. Like, basically, the way he's setting this whole thing like up, like, how they've worded it. Well, no, how they've worded it, though, is, like, there's going to be Elseworlds, and then there's going to be the interconnected right. DC universe. The first wave mm-hmm. of the DC universe, the mm-hmm. interconnected storyline, is going to be this Gods and Monsters storyline. So if the Blue Beetle uh, is a part yeah. of that, if, if Superman is going to be the first part of that whole storyline, then that just means Blue Beetle's basically an Elseworlds movie. It has to be, yeah. Wouldn't make sense. Indeed. But, you know, that, that's wild. Okay. No, Mangle, makes sense. So. Uh, here, here, here's, some additional, here's some additional information. It says, uh, Mangold says that, and, and I quote, this is a Mangold quote. Uh, he says, the amount of lure and Easter eggs and fan service starts to become anti, uh, antithetical to any stuff at a certain point. It isn't storytelling anymore. It's large-scale advertising. So when it comes to Swamp Thing, while I'm sure DC views Swamp Thing as a franchise, I would be viewing it as a very simple, clean, gothic horror movie about this man-slash-monster. Uh, it says, uh, wh- while Swamp Thing is part of the first wave of DC movies Gun and Saffron are overseeing, as they call it, Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters, they don't, the project doesn't have a release date. Gunn's own Superman legacy will kick off Chapter 1 on July 11th, 2025. Uh, so it looks like Mangold will be making Dawn of the Jedi before Swamp Thing. Dawn of the Jedi? Okay, this is that super fucking mm. early prequel, prequel, prequel stuff that they're talking about. <laughs> Blue and gray order shit. <laughs> So, according to this, though, the chapter one of Gods and Monsters will be Gunn's Superman Legacy in 2025, July. Exactly. That's what we just all agreed upon. So, but that, well, you, that said something about Blue, you said something about Blue Beetle. Well, well yeah, because Blue, out, Beetle, Blue Beetle is coming out in a couple of weeks, and they, they, the way they made it sound initially was that Blue Beetle was going to be, like, kicking off the new DCU, right. but I guess it's not ki- it's not kicking off the new interconnected storyline. It's just it's just kicking off the you know hey we're gonna just make movies and some of them are gonna be connected and some of them are not. 
So, and I'm good with that. I, just, as long as it's good. I, yeah. I'm not all that excited for Blue Beetle, to be perfectly honest with you. Neither am I. You know, the, the, little, <laughs> yeah. the little monster's got a little boner for it because the uh, uh, it's the kid from, uh, the kid from Cobra, Cobra Kai, Kai. Is in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, little, yeah. little M- M- Miguel is in it. Um, but, you know, aside from that, it just looks like it's like a – a mashup of like Iron Man and and, and a couple other movies with uh, Hispanic like lead. Well, I don't mean to say that like, oh god damn it, you know, damn Hispanics are in the movie. <laughs> no, it's like I just, I just don't care about the Blue Beetle. You know what I mean? And, and again, if the movie yeah. wasn't giving me such shades of the first Iron Man movie, I would uh, I'd be probably a little more excited for it. But it's like okay, so you guys are what just aping fucking Iron Man, except he's gonna be poor. And uh, instead of being a rich Tony Stark, <laughs> and instead of him building a suit, it's going to be a fucking alien instead. Like, cool. It's like Iron yeah, Man and Venom. And yeah, well, that, that's how they rewrote it for a long time ago when they rewrote it and re- relaunched it. You know, that's how it was done is they, they made him a Hispanic character. And, yeah, you know, pretty much just alien tech coming down. And, yeah, <laughs> that's actually really fucking good of Iron Man meets Venom. A lot like the Guyver. <laughs> If the king would ever watch it, Giver, <laughs> I know, I know, Giver, I know the Giver. You know, you know, I know, you keep coming to watch yeah, it, and I know will, him. and I don't. So. He's that guy that makes like crafty <laughs> shit out of like nothing, right, Giver? Richard Dean Anderson? It's that guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Mac Giver. Oh, it's Mac Giver. Okay, yeah, totally different Giver. Okay. <laughs> Can't mix worlds. All right. Uh, all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Hmm. What else are we talking about? Chamberlain! Uh, <laughs> Sharksploitation. Uh, later this huh? summer, in just a few weeks actually, <laughs> on Shudder on July 21st, a documentary called Sharksploitation uh, will hit... Uh, that particular streaming service. This is going to be a feature-length documentary uh, that will cover all things related to the shark attack sub-genre, subgenre of horror films, uh, starting with Roger Corman's 1958 uh, She Gods of Shark Reef, uh, all the way to Jaws, and then all of the different Jaws knockoffs. So if you are ones that have enjoyed all of the shark movies over the years and like the shark genre in the horror universe, then Sharksploitation uh, will be the documentary for you to check out on Shudder on July 21st. All right. Definitely going to add it. Wonder if LL Cool J is going to be in it. Shark Cool. I ask this every time shark movies come up, but what the fuck was that shark movie that we watched that was like foreign and old shark horror and it was like a Tim, love triangle Tim and like you Tim knew Tim the Tim blonde chick Tim from Tim something Tana. else and what, what the fuck was it? Susan, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Susan George and it's Tinto Tatter. Got it. Yep. It's Susan George is in it. It's definitely an exploitation. <laughs> yeah, a very fun movie. In which they just start, I don't know, it was weird. It was like they were dating, then everybody was fucking, then they were having threesomes, and and then, yeah, there was, there was a shark at some point or another. I do I do remember there being a shark involved. And I, just don't, and I don't just mean the fucking guys trying to bang fucking Susan George. 
you know, who looks pretty cute <laughs> running around in her bathing suit the entire movie. Yes, yeah, she, uh, she, she was gorgeous. She's from uh, she's in Straw Dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Paul, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, and, and, and Susan George. Oh, yeah. That was, I'm in there. sure we, co- we covered that movie at one point. Did we, we did. cover Straw Dogs? The original Straw Dogs? Straw Dogs? Paul? Pick was it? Yes. Never Straw Dogs. We yes, pieces. we did. Yes, we did, because I remember we had fucking uh, Ed fucking X Young on with us. Because he was fucking going on and on. He was going on and on and on about Peck and Paw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, fuck, I forgot about that. He took over the entire fucking episode talking about Peck and Pop fucking movies, but not strong enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, he took, <laughs> over the, he took over airtime? Shocker. I know. <laughs> no, not, right? not <laughs> Shocker. was a whole other episode, Dean. Oh. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was misplugging. You know, you know what I'm saying, ghoul. Uh, I wasn't talking about the <laughs> film. Duh. So I'm at Edward X. <laughs> oh, let's give a big thanks Duh. to someone who... Who, who Talking Terror wouldn't be the same without, Edward X. Young. <laughs> well, that was the early days. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. You guys have all the success in the world, thanks to me, you guys. I was in Mold, and I was in this movie, and this movie. Check out my next one, Bigfoot Haunting. Thanks, Ed. We look, love you. <laughs> I, yeah, come watch, look, was, was Ed in karaoke was at TGI Fridays in Old Bridge? Yeah. Ed, yeah, Ed could I be did. very annoying at times. Ed could be fucking, yeah, obnoxious. He could talk a lot. And he never shut the fuck up. All this that. I never, ever had a problem with Ed. Even after Ed decided to take on his fucking completely best role that he's ever taken on, which is, you know, being like super Mr. fucking Republican Trump man. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, with with all of that fucking nonsense, but but whatever. He finally found his niche. Okay, he finally found something that he's successful at, which is fucking you know being being a fucking crazy fucking republicard. But you know, I never ever even <laughs> had a problem with that. I, I, I just fucking I just could ignore that. I had no problem with it. I had no problem with it until he decided that he wanted to fucking start mouthing off at our very own king on like Facebook about some fucking stupid yeah. fucking political shit. And like he wanted yep. to get like real fucking shitty. And it's like, you know what, Ed? Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself good, hard and deep, okay? Take your fucking face, turn yeah. it around, bend over, yeah. and shove it up your turn goddamn asshole. Because if there's any, if there's been one person who's constantly stumped for Edward X. Young on this show, it was always you, Andy. So the fact that he had any yes, fucking was. nerve to <laughs> yeah. be shitty to you, fuck you, Andy. Yeah. Easy as that goes. It's so true. It's fucking so true. I supported <laughs> that guy fucking so much. I bought his fucking movies. I supported him. I brought him on the show. And then, yeah, fucking his Trump disorder took over, and I was like, all right, no, fuck you, man. <laughs> it was over. Was like, as soon as he got fucking nasty with me, I was like, that was it. I was like, dude. <laughs> you know? Fucking how many bad I movies I've had to know. fucking endure with Edward X. Young because the fucking king said, oh, you should check this one out. Because you know what? It's not that bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, they're all fucking Edward X. Young movie? All... What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I'm a, fucking, I'm a sucker, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dean. Uh, what else are we talking about, or is that it for tonight? Let me let me shuffle my papers here, my documents. Uh, <laughs> that covers it, gang. Okay. All right. 
I know everybody so was very forty at the top of the hour, on. so I'll I'll leave it to you all. I'm still on. I'm always on, man. I'm always ready to go. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about <laughs> of the week and then we're part two. Freddy's Revenge from '85, directed by Jack Shoulder. So Jesse Walsh and his family had moved into Nancy Thompson's old house on Elm Street. No sooner are they moved in than Jesse begins to have horrific nightmares. One's a feature of a burned man in a dirty red and green sweater with knives on his fingers of his right hand. His new friend, Lisa, and possible sweetheart, discovers the truth about Fred Krueger and his horrible murder spree. Freddie vows to take over Jesse's body to continue his vile crimes against the Elm Street residents. Soon, people close to Jesse start dying violently. Will Lisa's love be enough for Jesse to battle the evil dream <laughs> demon himself, Fred Krueger? We'll find out. So, um, I picked this movie, obviously, because it's the ending Pride Month. I support the, the drag queens. I support the drag kings. I support anybody that just wants to live their life according to how they want to live it. But come on. Never Know She Part 2 is a fucking gay movie. Very gay. It's not even trying to hide it. It's gay. So I wanted to have some fun, talk about the sequel, talk about the themes a little bit, and see what you guys think. So kicking it off uh, with the ghoul, what did you think about Freddy's Revenge? All right, so so you know what, man? Like, listen, yeah, you know me. I'm going to be a little bit long-winded here, and yes, I'm sure. I'm sure the dean will give a snicker to that. Um, okay, so, okay, just, 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 just start this off. Big, there we go. Big nightmare fan as a kid. You know, like uh, I know I've said many times about my dad having specific VHS movies, Texas Chainsaw Massacre being one of them, A Nightmare on Elm Street being one of the other movies. Um, Mm-hmm. So, like, this is one of those films that I had access to regularly, uncut. Like, it's not like uh, like with Friday the 13th, right? Like, I had, like, the first few Friday the 13th movies, I think one through three, on video, but because I taped it when it was on Channel 5 during, like, Halloween, and oh. yeah, I got lucky enough to catch it. So, like, you know, so it, was all, it was all cut up for the most part, and you had to deal with commercials. This, no, nah, I pop in my tape, I'm good to go, you know? So I watched A Nightmare on Elm Street religiously all the time. And I remember renting at the time Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and again, not knowing anything about how Hollywood works or movies or anything like that. I just like putting movies on and watching them and enjoying them for what they are. And even back then, I always thought that this movie kind of just struck me as weird because it's really not connected to the first film it's not telling any kind of real continuation of the story but there are like little inklings that are going on in the background like nancy's diary and you know you come to find out like you know it's five years later all this and that so the one thing that like always like again as a kid went over my head the s&m club okay other things that went over my head Brady and fucking Jesse's relationship. Like, all things that I really (laughs) did not think about as a a young boy growing up, thinking to myself, wow, man, you know, look how much homoeroticism is in this film. The term beard never, ever entered my mind because I had no fucking idea what a beard was. But, but you know, you know, there's one in this movie. um, You know, Lisa. Whoops. Meryl Streep? So, yes, young, Mer- young Meryl Streep, as, as you like to call her. I did have a crush on her when I was a kid. Now I look at it, and I'm like, man, I really had weird fucking tastes when I was younger. Um, <laughs> but, 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 yes, so, so, so fast forward years later, and I remember, like, watching the movie at another point and being like, wow, you know, I never realized how fucking weird this movie is. It's kind of, it's kind of gay. 
You know, I didn't, I didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, oh, okay, this just is what it is. But then you start, like, you know, looking into it, you start seeing all these articles about how this movie was, was specifically made, and basically they were like, hey, look, we just want to put a fucking a sequel out. This is less than a year after the first movie comes out and it's successful. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, we just need to do this. We want to do this. We want to do it now. So they hired a bunch of people. And they were like, yeah, just make a movie. Don't worry about it. And they were like, well, you know what? We're young, gay, and fabulous in Hollywood. Since they're not really paying attention, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want to do, how we want to do it. So here you go. You got Nightmare on Elm Street Part fucking 2, where literally a kid is coming out of the closet fucking waking up in sweats every night as a man enters and comes out of him all the time. Uh, Yeah. You know what? As far as the story of the movie goes, yeah, it's, it's serviceable. It's a little bit fucking odd. There's, there's not enough death in it for me. Um, Freddy's makeup is a little bit off. Uh, you can see it specifically in certain scenes that they, they, you know, there, there was just specific sequences where they don't have enough makeup around his eyes. You can clearly see that they did <laughs> yeah. not spend as much time on the prosthetics, you know? And it's like, okay... They were like, hey, why not, like, let's get weird with things. We're going to have the fucking finger knives literally be finger knives instead of it being a glove. But, again, but when all is said and done, I walk away from this movie and I'm like, I, I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it more than five and six and New Nightmare <laughs> and all of that stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so that is how I feel about this one. All right. Dean, what do you think about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge? Uh, this is an interesting case right here because uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, for no reason in particular, is only one that I saw uh, for the first time uh, and the only time uh, when I originally saw it, which is probably when this particular cable premium channels for the first time after its theatrical run. Uh, now, uh, at that particular time, like, I have no recollections of my thoughts or feelings surrounding it uh, back in that period of time. But, of course, in all of these decades that have passed since I have watched it, uh, all of the articles, different things that have been talked about in horror documentaries about how gay or homoerotic or whatever you want to call it uh, is. And I was always like, really? That doesn't make any sense to me. It was a fucking fr- Nightmare on Elm Street horror movie. And then I go back and, and, and watch this film. And uh, <laughs> surprisingly, uh, or not surprisingly, based on everything that I've read about it, uh, this film, of course, is quite gay and is all about this young man struggling to come out of the closet from his homosexuality. Uh, what stu- stuck out to me the most and I know I often say the same thing whenever our conversations veer off, in, as they did earlier in the show, but I didn't say it today, uh, when things veer off into the world of Halloween 6. Uh, what I was struck by was truly how cheap uh, this movie looked watching it yeah. now. Like, mm-hmm. this truly looked like, given the, you know, I don't know how business decisions were made, uh, you know, as far as movies were concerned, but usually how things go is that when you have a successful first entry, the follow-up usually has a bigger budget and more things can be done, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, Wes Craven did not return for this in any capacity. As he, at the time, he was not looking to be involved in any kind of horror franchise based on his creation. But 
I was really struck watching this before uh, by how fucking chintzy and how cheap uh, this looked. I, 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 you know, seeing this movie originally, uh, I might not have had this kind of thought because when you're like a kid, you don't necessarily uh, consider those things when you're watching a horror movie. I was probably like scared of like whatever was happening. Interesting watch for me uh, to revisit it, given how much has been said about it in the time. But it's it's very obvious that uh, Jesse, who the actor Mark Patton in in the time since this film has himself come out as being gay, um, mm-hmm. you know, but like how much this truly seems like for a variety of reasons uh, from uh, you know the 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 male. Uh, rubbing and, and ass exposure on the field of play uh, to the to the to the little dance uh, the little booty dance in the in the bedroom before uh, you know before um, Lisa and uh, I, I don't know the character I don't know I don't know Jesse's mom's name but when and they automatically show up and, like even for the briefest of moments even for the briefest of moments I picked up on uh, that uh, Jesse's mom. Like even like kind of going on. like her, sh- like no 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 like her shoulders, <laughs> like if you go back yeah. and watch the sequence when he's dancing around and and then all of a sudden they're in the doorway, uh, his mom like her shoulders kind of very subtly kind of droop and she looks a little yeah, bit kind down. of dejected yeah. like she she knows what her son is you know what I'm saying so and then like when. She, when, when Lisa's in his closet and, and, and finds Nancy's diary that had been left in there, like probe. the game on the shelf of his co- closet <laughs> happens to be called Probe. Like, there's just so many things, which, like one which, after the next. Which is, which is a real game, by the way. It is, it is okay, but still, but why did they choose Monopoly? Why did they choose Connect Four? Uh, why did they choose for that? There's yeah, a million true. games you could have chosen that you don't have to pay for to have on the shelf in the fucking room. Like in 1985, I don't think that Parker Brothers would be throwing a fucking shit fit if there was a deck of Uno cards or a fucking Connect Four game uh, on the shelf of, of the movie. Maybe these days, maybe, but in 1985, I'm not so sure about that. My point is, is that whatever they chose, like given the the, the subtext that was bashing you overhead in this film, the game on the shelf was called Pro. Um But anyway, the way what uh, was they uh, you know, cavities. Uh, the 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 point that I'm trying to make is that this movie, like watching this movie now, uh, given everything I've read or heard about it since I saw it, and this movie came out in 1985. Given the timelines of things, that means that I probably saw this on cable in 1987. Uh, so I'm a 10, maybe 11 years old, depending on the timing. Like all of that stuff is going right over your fucking head at the time. Uh, the times are different, not so much anymore. So this is an interesting watch, given its its limitations as far as its cheapness, but then all of the, the subtext, uh, which after everything I've heard about it, uh, watching it and being like, oh, that's gay right there, and that's gay right there, and obviously he's struggling with coming out. Like There was just so many different things going on, so it was just a very, a very interesting time watching Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. There we go. All right. Monkey, what do you think about Freddy's Revenge? Okay. Um... Yeah, this is like, because the Nightmare movies, we all grew up watching the Nightmare movies. We've seen them so many times, and it's so easy to forget, you know, 
how quiet Freddy was in the early films because we're used to the over-the-top yeah. Freddy. We're used to the showing up on Arsenio Hall Freddy, you know, the talking shit Freddy that, you know, only started to show up and start to do chintzy lines in three. You know, the, the first two films, he's really pretty quiet. You know, he, he's just supposed to be, you know, the, the night demon, you know, the dream <laughs> demon, sorry. Um, and it's just... and. Then I realized, like, when the diva and I first started dating, she sat me down with her big-ass box set, and we watched them all because this is her franchise, is Nightmare. And with us first dating, and we go through one, and then we go to two, and I realized I'd never even seen two at all. (laughs) And, you know, so I sat down with her, watched it, and... Compared to a lot of the other ones, it's pretty forgettable. Uh, just because, also on top of that, you know, the the quiet dream demon and all that. <clears throat> Nightmare films always end horribly too. They just don't know how. You know, they're like bad Stephen King books. They don't they don't know how to write a, a, a decent ending to them. And then there's always a you know uh, you know shiny moment, and it's like, wow, really? That's how we're ending this. Um, but then. King made this pick, and we're going back and watching it. So now this is the first time I've watched this in ten years or so. And yes, you said you know you're doing the pick, you know, because it's pride and all that. And I'm sitting here and watching the movie, and in my naivete, you know, I'm like, oh wow, you know, (laughs) look at them, you know, putting all this, you know man meat on here on the screen for the ladies, you know, showing butt cheeks and all that kind of stuff, you know, being forward and showing all this kind of stuff. And the the diva starts losing her shit. Yeah, and the diva starts losing her shit. I'm like, what? It's like, this is cool because usually it's, you know, tits and pussy. Look at them thinking ahead and stuff like that, you know, doing it the other way. And she's like, no, honey, that's not for us. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, don't worry. The boys are going to explain it to you this week. What? You know, so, she was gay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I honestly had no idea about any of the gay subtext. Like, I had never heard of any of this before. Um, like, honestly, not heard of any of this before. So, like, all of this that you're all saying, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was yeah. here the entire time. Um, <laughs> but I also want to say that I 100% agree with what the Dean was saying where, you know, sequel, first, you know, you have the first one, it's successful as hell. You go, we get sequel, so you go bigger, better, you know, bigger budget, better special effects, you know, and yeah, it just seemed like, you know, especially compared to like, you know, the bloodbath, you know, out, you know, out of the um, in the bedroom and stuff like that in the first one, everything seemed very low-key com- compared to the first movie. Like, when it seems like, yeah, I, I agree with the Dean. They should have been going bigger and better with effects and blood and gore, and it's like, yeah, it just, it just seemed kind of lacking. <clears throat> but, it, you know, but you see them starting to pick up their, you know, like, ideas and their the style that is going to become, like, you know, the trademark, you know, Freddy's special effects of everything, you know, 
extended effects and props and stuff where it, it all has the look of the charred skin. You know, when we get his ridiculously long tongue when he's trying to go down on her <laughs> and that kind of shit. But yeah, it's just, yeah. Oh, man. Like, it, it yeah, compared to the rest, like, this is quite, you know, unfortunately, yeah, it's a quite a, a forgettable Nightmare on Elm Street film. <laughs> and I, I also like the fact that they just kind of show Springwood as a town. You know, this is one where you go to the high school and you go through the neighborhood. So I felt like this one was always kind of like the Springwood movie, where it's like you really do get a sense of the town. Um, but <clears throat> the movie opens up with a school bus traveling through a neighborhood as we see teenager Jesse Walsh on board. Everything seems normal until suddenly the bus driver, played by Robert England, takes a detour through a empty lot of land. Suddenly, Jesse and two teenage girls find themselves in a hellscape with their bus teetering on two large piles of rock. The driver reveals himself to be Freddy Krueger himself, who gets up from the driver's seat, taunting Jesse and the girls. But before Jesse can be killed by Freddy, he wakes up screaming. We cut to the Walshers downstairs during breakfast. Jesse's sister remarks, why can't Jesse wake up like everybody else? I don't know, just eat your Fu Manchus. So the Walshers also... (laughs) (laughs) They moved into... The infamous 1428 Elm Street house that Nancy Thompson lived oh, in, in the first movie. Oh, we know that the because bars Jesse's on the dad windows. He <laughs> still has the bars. So Jesse's dad tells him, you need to unpack your room. And that's when Lisa shows up, the potential love interest for our screen queen, Jesse. Lisa lives in what can be described as a mansion on the other side of town. But because she's kind of into him, she hooks it downtown so she can ride in that rust bucket of a car. And we will see Lisa's house. It is demonstrably better and where Jesse is living. So at school during gym class, we meet on-again, off-again friend of Jesse, Grady, who also could possibly be a love interest, but we'll get into it. Jesse gets distracted <laughs> by looking at Lisa and gets knocked down by a bas- uh, baseball hit by Grady. Later, Jesse tags Grady out. In response, Grady yanks down Jesse's pants, and the two fight until oh, Coach Schneider yeah. breaks it up, punishing them by making them do push-ups after class. Grady Wigger tells Coach Snyder from Starship Troopers. Here's something. (laughs) Yeah, Coach Snyder from Starship Troopers. But here's something that even as a kid always struck me as weird, right? Like, okay, you have the whole season. I used to play baseball with my friends all the time, right? You know, you you do have your little backs and forths and your little things that that do go on, locker room shit and, and, and stuff like that. But, like, okay, he calls them out. Grady yanks down his pants. Now, you know, I even had Zach, who, you know, is, is, is transient into the room, and I was like, mm-hmm. does, does this strike you as odd? That Grady then continues to attack his naked bare <laughs> ass. Like, it would have made sense yeah. if it was Jesse, like, attacking Grady at that point, and they started tussling around. I would understand that. And even as a kid, I remember watching that thinking, you know, it's weird that he kind of, like, decided to attack his friend after he pants them. You know, because pantsing was something we did all the time. Like, I you know, oh, we used yeah. to do that. Oh, yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. God, man, if you went to school in fucking jogging pants for, like, whatever reason, bro, you might as well have fucking had, you, you fucking better have your shit tied tight as fuck, because if you didn't, 
you were done. You were like a target, you know? And, like, I remember getting into yep. fights with people because, it was specifically, I remember fucking fighting this kid, Frank Spina, because I thought he was the one that pants me. Well, it turns out it was my fucking buddy, Gatano, who was, like, right behind Frank on the stairs, and, like, he had dug down on my fucking pants. And, like, I literally, like, beat the fuck out of this kid on the stairwell because I fucking thought he yanked my pants. And Gatano, meanwhile, standing there laughing the whole fucking time, too, the jackass. But, uh, but yeah, so, so the, the fact that Jesse isn't the one that fucking attacked, and yet it's great, he just goes to show you that, you know what, they were like, Let, let's get up on in this. And just real quick, and then I'm going to be silent for a little while, the, the budget <laughs> yeah. thing, right? Yeah. So, so here's but, the thing yeah. with <laughs> but the movie. The original ask, film you know, was made on like, a million he, dollar budget. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? The original movie oh, oh, was made oh, uh, with a, uh, on a on a million uh, dollar budget. They gave them three million to make this. Three million. So they wanted made thirty million. They wanted to they wanted to make yeah. Well, the original made over over fifty. It made like almost sixty million. <laughs> um. So so they mm-hmm. wanted this movie to be bigger and more interesting. They wanted it to be a sequel. Yes. But uh, obviously, what got made or however the money got spent was a totally different story. It is. So uh, after they get punished by doing push-ups, Grady tells Jesse that, that Coach Schneider likes to go to the S&M clubs downtown, likes little guys like you. So at the locker room, Jesse finds out from Grady that, oh, by the way, your old man moved into that house where the girl saw her boyfriend get killed in that, uh, across the street. He's like, whatever, Grady, I don't believe you. So that night, Jesse struggles to sleep, so he goes downstairs to get something to drink <clears throat> and ends up seeing someone outside the kitchen window. Heading outside, Jesse looks through a basement window and sees Freddie reaching into a flaming boiler and pulls something out of it. Heading back inside, Jesse sees a shadow of Freddie in the basement and tries shutting the basement door, but it doesn't shut. Once he finally gets it shut, Jesse spins around and bumps into our old pal, Freddie. Freddie shushes him and tells Jesse that he needs him. We've got special work here to do, you and me. You've got the body, and I've got the brains. And to prove this, Freddie peels back the top of his scalp, revealing his brain underneath as he laughs wildly. <laughs> Jesse again gets up and is confronted by his mom and dad. Yep. I love this scene. This scene has always stood, stood out to me. It's just one of those that, like, you know, the line, the dialogue is fantastic. And, and even as, and again, as a kid, when he peels his fucking head back like that, that, that creeped the shit out of me, man. It was like, oh, fuck. He's, he's fucking ripping his fucking brain out. <laughs> so... After some fun at school, we cut back to Lisa's manor estate. She gets a call from Jesse. She invites him over to her pool, but Jesse can't go. He needs to unpack his damn room. Dejected, Jesse goes upstairs and unpacks while listening to Touch Me All Night Long by Wish featuring Fonda Ray while doing some butt bumps to his dressers and using a toy as both a microphone and a dick. <laughs> Jesse's mom shows up, and she's like, hey, Lisa's here. And he's like, oh, shit, hey, whoops. Lisa ends up helping Jesse unpack. And they come across Nancy Thompson's diary right next to a cowboy hat in a game called Probe. The diary is both steamy and scary. So that night, Jesse wakes up to find Johnny his room was so everything dreamy. Is <laughs> so in Jesse's room, everything is melting. He gets out of bed and heads down to the basement and makes his way to the now called boiler where he finds Freddy's glove. You think about being an evidence locker, but you'd be wrong, kids. The boiler takes on Freddy appears. Go ahead, Jesse. Try it on for size. Jesse doesn't want 
to do that, so Freddy puts his bare hand on the boiler and demands, kill for me. And Jesse's like, I don't want to do that. So he eventually <laughs> ends up going to school the next day. Jesse and Lisa talk about his nightmares, and she borrows Nancy's diary. Apparently, Lisa's having a party this weekend, and it's surely going to be a stress-free, fun night of music and fun. That night, Mrs. Walsh covers the cages of the birds in the house as Mr. Walsh notices that the thermostat is set at 97 degrees. Suddenly, one of the birds from the cages begins flying around the room, attacking Mr. Walsh until it eventually explodes. Well, you know, it must be that damn cheap bird seed that you keep buying. Another thing that freaks me out as a kid, man, was this guy's fucking, this kid's fucking bird exploding. Like, it kills the other bird in the cage, and then it just, it's flapping around, it explodes, you know? And and then I just love that he's like, oh, god damn it, he did it. He put a fucking cherry bomb in there. Like, man, like, where's your rationale for that? At what point did you see your kid sneak in, shove a cherry bomb up the fucking bird's ass, and light the fuse, and cover everything again? I guess he's the Flash. <laughs> he blamed the cheap birdsy first, which I fucking love. He's like, it's supposed to be that cheap birdsy that you're buying. <laughs> yes, because that's when well, birds a, explode. It was a gas leak, because, you know, gas leaks <laughs> yeah. cause birds There's to no explode. There's no gas leak, Dad. Not just... Yeah, you know, yeah, as birds just (laughs) explode into flames. (laughs) Birds can only take but so many temperature. You know, if it gets hotter than 97 degrees, apparently birds can't take it, and they explode. (laughs) So later that night, just go to the Bahamas. Go to the Bahamas. Birds explode everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, everywhere. It's a problem. So later that night, Jesse can't sleep. So he decides to go for a casual walk downtown and check out Don's place, a.k.a. the S&M club that Coach Schneider cruises in. Jesse orders a beer from Bob Shea of New Line Cinema, and surprise football, <laughs> Coach Schneider is there. Schneider, being completely responsible and not at all questionable, takes Jesse back to Springwood High and makes him run laps in the gym. He then tells <laughs> Jesse to ghetto. hit the showers. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? It's like, you know, to take so, him back to school and then make him run laps while he's still in his yeah. S&M while, while he's still in his S&M outfit. Yeah. It's like, this, this doesn't make any sense at all. So, Jesse is told to hit the showers, which he does, as we see Schneider in his office, and he gets attacked by balls. No, not man balls, sports balls. And that's when Schneider is dragged into the shower by jumping ropes, as he's stripped of his clothes and tied to one of the shower heads, Jesse then witnesses Schneider getting spanked violently on the ass with towels as suddenly Freddy appears. Well, not Freddy, not Robert England. This is the guy that they originally casted as Freddy Krueger, but he's so fucking tiny and not Robert England that they decided to go back and give Robert England what he thought he should be paid so he can come back to do the rest of the movie. Wait a anyway, so the, Freddy slashes him. So wait, the, yep. hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. wait. So, so wait, that's not Robert. They weren't going to bring him back? Nope, they had no plans. Because Bob Shea thought that they could just hire anybody to play Freddy. Like, we could just bring anybody in to play this guy. We don't need Robert England. And Robert England had a set price, and they're like, we're not going to do that. We just don't feel like we should pay you that much. So they brought in this little stuntman to put on the sweater and the hat and to be Freddy. And then they saw the shower sequence and they're like, oh my God, no, we, we, we have to get Robert. Like, this isn't good. Like, he's so fucking tiny and he's just not good. This explains the budget. Wow. The budget was, 
the budget was only a million, and then Rob Robert England came back and it went up to three. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do watch that scene again, if you rewind it, you'll see that when he appears, if he kind of walks timidly into the shower, that's not Robert England. That's the guy that they well, hired to play always, Freddy. I just always figured because it was Jesse changing over. You know what I mean? You see in the sequence like Jesse fades into the into the steam, mm-hmm. yeah, and then yeah, that's Freddy what I was like too. walks out. So that I just I, that's how I always took it. I just took it as this. that's what they were doing. But no, that's totally interesting. Thank you, King. I was not aware of that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff, man. That they hired and they immediately fired when they realized he's not good. So, Coach Schneider is killed, getting slashed to the back. The shower starts to spew blood. Jesse sees this happen, and then he looks down to his right hand, and he's got the glove on and freaks the fuck out. Oh, shit. And I'm like, guess we should bring you home. You're naked, so we'll bring you home. And Jesse's dad's like, naked Come on, son. With- Didn't smoke those marijuana cigarettes? Are you doing he's it? Naked, <laughs> he, he, we, here's your son naked covered in blood with uh, this big glove <laughs> that we all know what the fuck it is, but uh, we're not going to talk about it? <laughs> no, we're not. No, no we're, 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 white, we're a white family. We don't talk about shit like that. We'll, we'll discuss it tomorrow with <laughs> breakfast, maybe. They're not <laughs> so, criminals. But because so the next, because it kind of threw me yeah. off though, like that in in this in this movie, no one's talking about the lore yet, you know, and no one's talking nope. about no. you know all all the murders that happened five years ago. <laughs> well, they all say they were too or young. the glove. Lisa says that. Well, Lisa says that was before my well, time. Well, we know why. Like she says that like I was too young. Mm-hmm. But not only that, obviously, but like you know, because Grady makes mention of, of things, right? But think about it. Yes, when he we does. Yeah. Deeper into. When we look deeper into the Freddy lore, that's how the town has always survived, by not talking about mm-hmm. him, by not bringing him up, by yeah. not feeding into his fear. So, you know, it's, yep. it's kind of like the yeah. whole fucking, the whole Voldemort thing, you know? Don't fucking say his yeah. name because yeah. that's, that's how you bring him around. Yeah, it always works uh, out okay. so good for them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I always, and Avoid I, I like that they brought that back and uh, Freddy... I like that in Freddy vs. Jason. They bring that up in that fucking movie. They're like, if we don't talk about him, he can't come back. Like, so let's not fucking mention his name. You know, I love the fact that they brought that up in that movie. Um, but uh, the next day at school, Jesse arrives with Lisa, and they find out that Schneider was killed. Jesse's like, wow, I guess I wasn't a nightmare that I had after all. Maybe I did it. So that night, Jesse is only in his tidy whities He finds Freddy's glove in his desk, mm-hmm. and he hears Freddy say, kill for me. Jesse then heads to his sister's room and sees her jumping rope and saying the Freddy Ryan. So Jesse shuts the door. And he's like, none of that shit tonight. The next day, <laughs> Jesse gets a girl to admit. <laughs> 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 he literally just shuts the door and walks away. I fucking loved it. <laughs> he says, nope, and just leaves the fucking room. So the next day, Jesse gets his dad to admit that they live in a murder house, much of the shock of Mrs. Walsh and his sister. Luckily, the, to- the toaster catches fire, so Mr. Walsh is like, well, this is the whole thing. I can't even talk about the house anymore. I mean, the fucking toaster's up. It wasn't even plugged in, guys. It wasn't even plugged in. I can't talk about the murder shit. So let's talk about the toaster for a little bit. Totally <laughs> 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 just denying everything. So, Exploding birds, toasters catching on fire. <laughs> Constantly 97 <laughs> degrees. I thought the house together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> so later, Lisa drives Jesse to an abandoned power plant where Freddie used to work. 
We then get a brief rundown in the history of Freddy. He kidnapped 20 kids and killed them in the old power plant. Jesse feels no connection to Freddy in this place. They soon find a large metal cabinet, but there's only a rat inside. That night, the boiler I love the location. as we head from the basement. It was so great. Yeah, that, like this place in yeah, California. The, the, <laughs> yeah, that, that actual location and, like, them doing the pan shots out and stuff like that, just looking just so fucking, like, old-world industrial. Like, I, I really mm-hmm. fucking love that location. It was really fucking cool looking. <laughs> so it was, it was very cool. They go there. Of course, they find nothing. Later that night, we get a POV coming from the basement all the way to Jesse's sister's room where we see Jesse in the room, wake up the little girl. And she's like, hey, what are you doing up? And he's like, I don't know. Let's go back to sleep. But we see he's also wearing the clothes <laughs> oh, as he pulls the covers up. <laughs> you know? So the next day at school, the pressure of being Freddy's bitch is getting to him. Freddy tells the gang that he can't go to Lisa's party tomorrow because he's grounded for throwing his grandma down some stairs. More hot dogs and soda for everybody else, I guess. And that's when we cut to the party. And boy, is it a good time. Lisa's mom knows that her husband is being a drag, and she decides to take him up to bed so that Lisa and her friends Best can have a great time. mom ever. She's Shot like, so come on, honey. So clutch. She's like, she's like uh, hey, hey, honey, aren't you feeling a little tired? He's like, no, i got to sit there and you know, play some bad music and cook for the kids. And she's like, no, aren't you feeling a little hey, tired? Benny you know? Goodman. It's Benny Goodman. Man. I know you skinny. be knocking Benny Goodman, bro. Yeah. But, Benny you know, Goodman's good. I just... I just want to know what maybe you know what, what happened that he threw his grandma. Well, he down actually did. Yeah, <laughs> did he? Because he said that right away. It wasn't like he thought about it. He's like, "No, I'll put my grandmother downstairs." Like, did he know? <laughs> he might do it. <laughs> you know, who knows? Like, that's, you know, that's a grandable offense. You know, but, I mean, you know, I just is... love the fact that he's eating on my food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it wasn't. A, for all the times that I've seen this movie, did you know that this was the first time I ever realized his first name is Ron? Like, I'm sitting there. Like, I've always yeah, thought Ron his name Grady, was Grady. Yeah. I, I always thought yeah, it was just Grady, Grady, though, because they call him Grady. Really? It wasn't until I saw, the, I saw the credits at the end, and it said Mr. and Mrs. Really? Grady. And I was like, oh, shit, that's his <laughs> last name. The dad in Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's dad. Yes. Plays Mr. Yes, Grady. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no, but, yeah, because the, the girl that's friends with Lisa she calls him Ronnie at some point. She's like, hey, Ronnie. He's like, hey. So, yeah. No. Jesse yeah, calls him Ronnie. Yeah, I, know, I Always never picked up on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, at the party, Jesse decides to head into the cabana because Lisa's family is that kind of wealthy where they have a fucking cabana by the pool. Um, he tells Lisa uh-huh. he's going to leave. Yeah. He's not into the party. Lisa begs Jesse to leave, uh, to let her help, but he's like, I don't know if you can. Like, I'm just, I just don't know if you can help me. So Lisa says, okay, I'll stay up all night with you if you need be. So, hey, um, you know, she's not going to let him go. She doesn't want anything to happen to him. So what could two teens do in order to stay up all night? Card games? Uh, some probe, how many sodas can they I drink before they burp? Or, you know, reenact re- 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 the scene from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they, Lisa decides to be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to fucking kiss this boy because I like him. So she goes in for the kiss, and Jesse seems to kind of be into it at first, and he's just about to go down and taste that rainbow between Lisa's legs. Until a huge wooden uh. tongue protrudes from his mouth. And then he's like, oh my God, I got go. <laughs> Was it me? <laughs> and where does Jesse go? Does Jesse go home? Does he go to the police? 
he runs to Grady's house because where else is he going to find safety other than the arms of Ronnie Grady? Somehow, it Jesse is very to get 80s to bedroom. <laughs> oh my God! So, the King Cobra I the right here. I I totally 100% knew someone that had the same uh, bed sheets uh, that he had. Oh yeah. I had those, the, the, the squares. Yeah, I had those when I was a kid. Like the weird, like, square seats. I, I didn't have the fucking comforter that he had, the trash bag comforter, but definitely had the sheets. I remember the sheets, but... So, somehow, <laughs> but then, Jesse he, manages... He, he, like, he, he, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, King. You're good. You're good. Well, I was yeah. going to say, somehow, <laughs> Jesse manages to get into Gritty's house without anybody noticing. And I was like, obviously, yeah. they've tried to keys at a certain point. Obviously, Gritty's like, hey, man, you ever need to come over? Here's the key. And he's like, cool, because that's what friends do together. They just trade house keys so they can just get in and out whenever they need to. So he wakes up Grady and tells him that he needs to spend the night. Yeah, go ahead. Joel. I was gonna. I was gonna. I assumed that he climbed in through the window because that's how he goes out. <laughs> but then he he struggles with the window so much trying to get out because obviously the Springwood Police Department can't handle a small bedroom door at all. <laughs> no. He's just there, and I was like, okay. So he wakes up Grady and tells him that he needs to spend the night in Grady's room. He tells Grady that he killed Schneider, but it wasn't him. There's something inside of me that's making me do these things, and I'm scared. <laughs> something is trying to get inside my body. So Grady He's says, yeah, you want a cabana, and you want to sleep here with me. So even Grady's like, dude, you can get pussy, man. Like, why are you here? <laughs> so Jesse begs Grady to believe in what she does. Grady also agrees to stay up and watch Jesse while he sleeps. If Jesse starts acting weird, do whatever it takes to keep him in this room. Like, suck my dick. No, that doesn't happen. But yeah. it would if they probably did it right. No, no, no. But no, no, because, you know, if you do that, then you're going to fall asleep afterwards. <laughs> you gotta, so, tra- you gotta, you uh, gotta treat it. You gotta treat it like the movie Crank. You know, get get them to where they're just about to get there, and then you stop. <laughs> so, uh, so eventually, Grady gets tired of watching Jesse sleep. So he's like, you know, sweet dreams, good night. And that's all of a sudden when everything starts to happen. Jesse clutches his stomach in agony. Grady begins to panic as knives begin emerging from Jesse's right hand, and we see Freddy starting to begin from emerging from Jesse's chest. You see the eye in the mouth, and then all of a sudden you see Freddy's face appear in his chest, and he cuts <laughs> the chest open and gets out. Freddy's parents arrive at the door trying to get it open as Grady's like, let me out, let me out! And he's like, we can't get the door open, Grady, open it up! So Freddy <laughs> arrives full in costume, kills Grady, slashing him to death, holding his neck, and that's when Freddy goes to the mirror and he waves at it, and Jesse's like, God damn it, no! That was my only <laughs> no. fucking chance to let me out. <laughs> now this was obviously the money, the money shot special effects yes, of this absolutely. movie. And you know yeah. what? And mm-hmm. Again, similar to the to, to earlier, like this is something that stuck with me as a kid. Like I just remember the eyeball in his mouth. You know, and, and mm-hmm. the, the cutting them open and, and, and Freddie, you know, and you could see, especially now, you can see like it's just a, it's a rubber dummy of Jesse. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen features in which they show how this is done and Robert England climbing mm-hmm. out through the wall behind him and everything. It's just, it was yeah. a cool yeah. effect, you know. So I just wish the, the, whole, the movie as a whole had kept up with like trying to do this kind of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. So Jesse arrives as Lisa's about to go out and find him. He tells her that he killed Grady and Schneider. He also tells her that Freddy's inside of him, and he wants to take him again. She tries to comfort him, but it doesn't work. Suddenly, the heat begins turning up in the pool, and the hot dogs near the grill cook all on their own. The cans of beer the teens brought explode, which would have me devastated. We also see that the lock on the gate <laughs> that leads into the pool lock on its own. As Lisa reads to Jesse from Nancy's diary, Freddie once again possesses Jesse and tells Lisa that Jesse can't fight because Freddie is Jesse. Lisa tries to fight off Freddie and run. He catches her and bites her on her, one of her legs as she kicks him and tries to get to the backyard. Meanwhile, all the party guests are trying to get into the house because they're like, shit's going down. we got to get out of here. So Lisa grabs a knife as we hear Jesse's voice begging her to kill him. Freddie tells her to do it, and she stabs him in the chest, but not enough to kill him. Jesse tells Lisa, <laughs> With that I love you. horrible fake knife. <laughs> <laughs> that and, like, her, her reaction, okay, her reaction afterwards as she's, like, Weeping and like touching her own face, <laughs> like, like this is what happened. This is like it, it, I felt like I was watching a scene in like a movie in which like this girl has been doing drugs the entire film, and like her dad just her dad just called her like a whore and like all these other things, and she's like looking in the mirror while she's contemplating like offing herself. You know what I mean? Like like this is this is what she's performing yeah. at the moment, not the fact that she just stabbed a real shitty rubber knife to Freddy Krueger's death. <laughs> and you have Freddy also telling Lisa, I love you, Lisa. And she's like, ew. Mm. He's like, all right, fuck you then. So he decides to go out <laughs> to the party. <laughs> Everything seems to return back to normal. And we also see a group of guys. We also find a group of guys coming from our bushes, and one of them's wiping their mouth off. I'm like, where were these fucking guys? I totally noticed that this time, man. I was like, oh, my God. What is he doing? (laughs) They're having a circle jerk all their own. That's a whole other story, but we don't even get that story told. So nobody's going to question that. Nope, nobody does. So soon Freddy bursts up from the ground and begins killing the party guests. At one point, a teen tries to help Freddy and get him to chill out. Come on, man. Like, what do you need? Let me help you. So Freddie responds, talk him down, <laughs> He throws the teen over a bunch of fire. Uh, Freddie then stretches out his arms, and this is my favorite line in the movie, you're all my children now. Like, it's so fucking good, man. I fucking love that line from this movie. As they're all cowering oh, the Christ, in fear. The Christ imagery is great, too. You know what yes, I mean? Like, yep. that's totally mm-hmm. what they're going with. And, and yeah, this, this is sold well. You know, this is, again, this this is the moment where we should be getting crazy kills and all of that. Sadly, we, we've had two murders in the entire movie. And don't get me wrong, look, the first oh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street movie wasn't a bloodbath by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. But this is the sequel. We should be getting more blood, like, you know, more blood, bigger kills. It should be ramping up. And instead, we've gotten two, you know, I don't know, for the most part, ho-hum deaths. And now this, in which yeah. it's kind of like montage kills, you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, fire, and you can assume that the kids Mm -hmm. die, but you're never going to really see it. Like, one kid gets slashed along the, you know, like, along the fence, and you're like, okay, well, he's at least dead, but that's really it. Well, the one kid, yeah. Yeah. The one kid jumped over the fence, and then you just see fire burst out of the ground. It's like, well, I guess he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) So much fire. It's a PG kill, you know? It's a fire. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so Freddie eventually leaves the party after Lisa's dad tries to kill him. Lisa's like, you can't do it. And he's like, what the fuck? So he disappears Worst through a fence, returning back to the old power plant. So Lisa drives in Jesse's car, wrapping up her bloody bites in Freddie as she finds the place guarded by two dogs with human faces. I mean, what it's a cheap effect. It does look cheap. But I, I fucking enjoyed it. I was like, what the fuck is this? Why is there dogs with human faces? It makes no sense. And I love the NECA release the figure, which I have with the two dogs. I have it on my show no, right I, now. Like, I fucking love the fact that they go to do dogs. <laughs> yeah. The two fucking Rottweilers. These things make zero sense, which is fine. You know what? Again, we're dealing with dreams. We're dealing with nightmares. Things can be it's all over the, the place, you know? Um, uh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But, like, what I looked at when I first saw this this time around, again, obviously trying to, like, pick out little things – you know what would have been neat? Would have been neat if the fucking dog's faces were Schneider and Grady. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Absolutely, man. Like, they were just random fucking kids. I'll send you guys a picture of my figures, but... One looks like it's got, like, pimples. You know what they remind me of? They remind me of that big fucking creepy baby mask. You know, the one that's in, like, Times Square <laughs> yeah. now and stuff. Mm-hmm, Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Lisa makes her way to the boiler room and finds that the Freddy bite on her leg is covered in ants. Or is it? Because it's really not. She eventually runs ah. into Freddy. And she begs Jesse to fight. <laughs> <laughs> she begs Jesse to fight as Freddy goes in for the kill. She hears Jesse's voice. She cries out that she loves him, and suddenly Freddy can be hurt. Through the power of love, she's managed to defeat Freddy as Jesse fights him off. Freddy drops to the floor. Weakened by all this love, Lisa gets close to Freddy, taking off his hat, and then kisses him. Freddy panics. He's like, ew, girl, germs, ew. Like, you know, he's like, I don't like it. <laughs> you know, so he panics as this kiss is his ultimate demise, as we see the boiler room starting to catch fire, and Freddy begins to melt. And again, another money shot. Like, this is like the second one. Like, you know, we got the bedroom, but we also have this money shot of Freddy beginning to melt because you get to see the whole prosthetics as Freddie is stretching out his face and beginning to melt. I was like, another money shot for this movie. It's like, you know, just melting into the abyss. Um, once Freddie dies, the fire is beginning to go out. <laughs> Jesse emerges from the husk that was once a Springwood slasher as Lisa and Jesse reunite. And then, just like in the first Aww. one, we cut to this, like, uh, feminine pad commercial where everything's bright and everything's nice and everybody's like, oh, we're fine. And Lisa, Jesse, and her friend talk about the party. Jesse's like, wow, I can't believe it's all over. Suddenly the bus picks up speed, but Lisa and her friend are like, that's fine, dude. Like, we're going fine. He's like, no, no, driver, driver. And Jesse begins to panic. And the driver does stop to pick up another student. He's like, ah, man, all right, all right. I'm I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, it's fine. So Lisa's friend leans over the seat. She's like, it's fine, Jesse. It's all over as Freddy's gloved hand bursts through her chest, and the bus once again races through the desert as we cut the crowd. Oh. <laughs> Leaving it on a cliffhanger, which I appreciate. I love the fact that this movie ended on a cliffhanger because, you know, at this time, we didn't know we were going to get into the Freddy movie a couple of years later, which is like the ultimate one, you know, Dream Warriors. But to end on that kind of cliffhanger where, like, nobody's safe, it's great. It's just, 
At least it didn't end with that stupid effect that they did with Ronnie Blakely in the first one, where she gets her body sucked okay. through the fucking door. Like, yeah, yeah. No. Which, okay. So bad. So looking at it now, yes, that's, that scene is terrible at the end. Yes, special effects-wise, it's not all that great. But, again, the original film ends, and, like, I remember as a kid feeling like, oh, fuck, you know, like he's still around. You know, and then, like, as I got older and picking up on little things, like the fact that, like, you know, you can see that there's still smoke and mist in the background. So it tells you that everything that you've seen in these movies is all one big nightmare. You know, they were never awake yes, to begin yeah. with. We've never, we've never met right. any of these characters in the waking world. You know, this is why it's called A Nightmare. You know, the whole entire film is just one nightmare. Freddy's got everybody trapped all the time, including us. Um, Which, so the fact yeah. that it ends, that ends like this yeah. again, I was excited, you know. I would definitely buy that goal because you make a great point, except, like, in the first one, we see, you know, uh, Rob Corey and Tina and Johnny Depp, they're all in that car at the end. So you're like, oh, it was a fucking dream the entire time. It was a nightmare. But in Nightmare 2, Grady's not there. Grady is not sitting next to him going, hey, guys, what's going on? Like, they should have put him in that fucking scene to make it seem no, like this no. entire movie was just another nightmare. But see, that's the thing. This, this time, the trick was to make us think that it was over, but that everything did actually happen. See, in the first movie, they trick you by saying, oh, no, look, mm, okay, nothing okay, happened, okay. everybody's alive. This time around, the idea yeah, is that yeah. this is still a continuous story. They're talking about the party from the night before. You know, they're like, oh, great party, Lisa. You know, uh, what about the right, fact right. that there were fucking fires and people getting cut to shreds <laughs> and all that shit? That, that totally gets fucking, like, forgotten. You know, hey, you know when Dropped. your dad turned the heat up so in, the, in the pool and it got really hot? And I was like, um, um, could somebody please turn down the heat in here? It's really hot. Um, you know, and, and they drag it. <laughs> time we see her before this she's getting like dragged out of the pool by like one arm by somebody and then you kind of like see her <laughs> yeah. get up and like run off off screen you know um the guy that she's like, with. I, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know she hasn't yeah the, the guy that she's with who looks like he's like 45 you know so like <laughs> hey I'm the, <laughs> you know, I'm the 45 year old guy that's you know banging this high school chick but it's the 80s <laughs> Yeah. No, I just, like I said, I just sort of appreciated that more of Grady had shown up at the end. And, like, yeah, I wish I could have gone. Like, you know, it's, but, you know, it's true. Like, this is a continuous nightmare. Like, it's never going to end for Jesse. Like, he's stuck in this loop, which, I mean, I do appreciate. Like, I thought it was a, a great way to end. Like, all these movies kind of have that kind of weird ending. Like, part three has the ending with uh, the house, the model that uh, Chris, yeah. uh, Kristen makes. The light turns on at the end, and you're like, oh, so it's not over. You know, part five, Never uh, part over. four, rather, they have the, the bubbles in the, the fountain. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. Freddy's always around. Like, I always love the fact that these movies always made sure that you knew that Freddy is never dead. He's always going to come back. It's just a matter of Except time. for part six. Hey. Except for Freddy's dead. Ooh, Freddy's God, dead ends. part six. Freddy's dead ends. Uh, that's that's they, right. They blow him up. Freddy's oh, dead. God, I hate that movie. Yeah. Oh, that movie had so much potential, but they decided to go comedy. And it's like, <laughs> they blew him at the end. Thank you. Kids. Thank you, Billy Zane's less successful sister. Thank you. Lisa Zane, thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, God, I keep forgetting about the ending of that movie where they tried to end it. And they're like, this is it. And, yeah, kids, am I right? <laughs> he blows up. 
the dream demons explode. But, oh, man. Because then we have to go to New Nightmare, and that movie fucking sucks on toast, man. <laughs> that, that's, that's even worse. And yeah. Wes Craven well, comes back like, hey, guys, I'm back. Guys, did you miss me? Wes Craven? Come on, guys. I'll, I'll give Wes Craven this. He tried. I, I don't like New Nightmare. But he tried something Ooh. different. He tried the meta. He tried the meta <laughs> yeah. thing before the meta, meta before meta was popular, and you know he would yep. go on and take that very same idea and create Scream, Scream. and make it much well, better. Well, that was Kevin Williams. But you know, that was Kevin Williams. He wrote. Yes, he, he wrote it. He wrote it. He wrote all the self-aware dialogue and all of that. But Wes Craven was doing the whole idea of, you know. The horror movie being in the real world, you're not necessarily like, you know, everybody's over-intelligent, super-intelligent. How are they falling for these things? Yet somehow they still do. And he does it in New Nightmare. He's going to do it again in Scream. He's going to get better at yeah. it. And, yeah, I will give Kevin Williamson the credit. You know, he's a huge Dawson's Creek fan. I love you, Kevin Williamson. Oh, me too. Um, I don't want to wait. <laughs> uh, you know, I was actually, we've been recently watching the, uh, the I Know What You Did Last Summer. I, you know, I all this time, I never knew there was a third one. Uh, now, because I've seen most yes. of it, oh, I understand God, so why. No, dude, I know now why it. nobody yeah, knows oh that God. there's a third one, because that fucking movie was atrocious. <gasps> Holy shit. The amusement okay, park one? Where oh, nobody yeah. shows like oh, that? Yeah, God. Yep. God damn, yep. that yep. fucking movie yep. sucks so bad. <laughs> I saw it years ago. I'm like, God, why is there a third one? Net, like, it's, an Edward X, urban legend. it's an Edward X. Young level quality film. Let's just Still say that. Start. <laughs> Still right, start so with that nonsense. Um, Monkey, your pick is next week. What are we talking about next week, man? Okay, yeah, it's going to be July, and the monkey's going to fucking be here. That's fucking weird, man. <laughs> the monkey's actually going to be here for, for July. But, yeah, so we're going to sit there and... You've covered the original on the film before. I wasn't there for it. And I'm going to sit there and pull a ghoul, all right? And Uh-oh. we're not going to watch the second one. You're going to pull the ghoul? Instead, we're going to pull the ghoul? I love we're, we're, we're going to... I'm sitting on the night and we talked about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Hey. Instead, we're going to watch the we're third done. one. We're watching the third one, and I, I picked a movie that I think uh, the ghoul and the dean are gonna like uh, from 2012. We're gonna go. We're gonna go Piranha 3DD. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Piranha 3 Triple D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna be talking about extra boobs. All right. Oh, which is God, available man. on HBO yeah. Max. So Welcome to the water park, me. everybody. Welcome to the water park. <laughs> we're going that one, and we're going to the water park. Oh, wow, okay. Well, we, we definitely did talk about Piranha 3D. So, all right, stay tuned for that next week. All right, so thank you so much, Dean, for being here for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Part of Revenge. We'll see you back here next week for Piranha 3DD. Oh, how exciting. Yes, I will be here, and I'll be looking forward to talking about this one uh, with great anticipation. I'm going to stand Saturday with my dad. Can't wait, fucking wait, man. Ghoul, you and I will talk about it. All right, go, monkey. I'm probably going to see it tomorrow night. Oh, thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Mwah. <laughs> All right, Ghoul, want to go ahead and turn yourself off? Oh, you're a They scared, everybody. They scared. And as always, I am your old pal, the King of Horror, Angie G. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. By the way, 
as I always said earlier, happy Pride Month, everybody. Happy Pride Month to all the drag queens, all the drag kings, everybody that just wants to experience life that they want. I fucking love everybody in that community. You have a safe space here at Talking Terror. Feel free to join us. And as far as everything else goes, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. See you back here next week for Piranha 3 Love is love.